0: All the whack one, and it's a- period of form in Leicester's history under Brendan Rodgers. So do remember that. What would we do? Well, we explain in the podcast to try and turn things around. What would you do? We ask that question at the end of the podcast. In association with footballkitmarket.com, it's For Fox Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby and I am listening through my earbuds to Rob Hayes and your dulcet turns, which are going to basically tell us
1: everything's going to be okay. Rob. Do you know what? This podcast, for many people, including ourselves, is quite often the source of everything's going to be okay, the source of endless and eternal blue-tinted optimism. That's right. But I've got to say, in the next hour or so, we're probably going to struggle a little bit, aren't we? not at all not at all we've been
0: away for a while we've got plenty of reason why um it's been crazy really i've we've had i've been stranded in london if you've been following ffs pod on twitter you've noticed i've been basically i've been stranded down there with the fuel crisis and so we've not been able to do the podcast last week which we were meant to do and then the week before, we obviously had the games in midweek, etc. So we've been away for that amount of time purely because we've generally not had the ability to do this at a reasonable time. That's not been less than 24 hours before an actual Leicester game. It's It's been quite the week. And then, of course, you got the two weeks of international period. So it was just, let's just wait until then. And we'll see what happens. And hopefully, we do the podcast on the back of a Leicester win at Palace. It didn't quite happen that way, Rob, did it? But that's the reason why we've been away. And uh, let's just say, it's not it's not got better, has it? In terms of results and, and also performances as well. Because that's that's the balance that we have to look at. I, I've been asked so many questions over the last few days regarding Leicester. And, and you know, what are they doing? why are they so poor why aren't they getting the victories and i've had to kind of you know say my opinion with and and, and you know us by now we don't throw the you know the, the toys out with the old bathwater. Uh, the bathwater and this and the other. It, it's it's not um it's not a mad panic i'm not in any kind of like weird faction that's going to be asking for so-and so to go or whatever to change but it is poor. You can't argue that the results are poor and the performances are poor as well. So all in all, we are on a, a, a quite a bad run, and, and not even arguably it is the worst run under the tenure of
1: uh, of Brendan Rodgers. There are there are a lot of um, Leicester fans, obviously, that I keep in touch with. Uh, people that I used to uh, knock about with down in Leicester, I don't see so much anymore, but. You know, I, I, and I was in the pub with a Leicester fan on Saturday actually in Manchester and we had a good old therapy session and we were asking each other the same question, same as you, Pete. What, what, What is going on at Leicester City? Is there something going on that we're not sure of? I don't know. We can't really speculate about that kind of thing because behind closed doors, who knows? What I'm hoping is that we're going to have... Uh, a season which is kind of a reverse of the previous two, where we have a slower start and we gradually build up momentum and then we have a strong finish which propels us into the position that we kind of expect to finish. Now, I don't want to speculate again about management or anything, but just, and probably it's not worth having this conversation now, but just in the back of my mind I'm thinking, well, the owners have never been backwards in coming forwards when they think that a change in manager is needed and what made me think of that more so than anything is that Watford kicked out their manager in 14th place and brought in none other than, than Claudio Ranieri. I am not sitting here saying sack Brendan Rodgers can I just clear that up I don't think that's a good idea but it's in. it's got to be starting to creep in the back of people's minds. I think it's crept into the back of, of many people's minds
0: first up uh, the thought session I'd where where was the invite? I mean, I would have been trapped in London. I know, but I'd would have, have jumped on a train, Rob. I'd have come straight to wherever you were. You know, pint of Amstel, pint of Moretti, job done, and it would have been sorted. Just just for next time, do you know what I mean? Just you know. Well, I was
1: missing it? this. This is usually
0: my therapy session. I was missing it. Well true that's 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 very true. Um and secondly, I mean, fantastic that Claudio's back and also a really good job because I think Watford are a <laughs> really good side they have got some good players. He's landed he's not got a a side who are basically relegated already and he's got to keep them up with 12 games to go. He's got a really smart job in the Premier League. What a what a a, a feat that Claudio's somehow managed to pull off to land this job and and all the best to him, as every Leicester fan would wish. Apart from the games against City, we'll all be cheering him on. Apart from obviously against City, and um, I think it will probably end badly. But there you go. That's just the way. That's just the way it is. But uh, I, I would like to address the Rogers thing first of all. Um, I could not be any way further away from any kind of talk about a change of manager as if I was absolutely the other side of the planet Earth, as we are talking right now, which I don't know where that is, Bali, Maldives, I don't know, but wherever that is, I will be sat there, because that's just nonsense, absolute garbage nonsense, in what, two and a half years, the worst run that we've had under a manager, and we first then start to talk about the manager, as in replacing, now you can... criticise and say we need to be playing X, Y and Z, I want to be playing this formation criticising um, the way that the goalkeeper passes out from the back, the way that the defence is performed which I presume is going to be the most of the podcast the midfield and the lack of creation and and uh, closing down of opposition and also then the forward line and the debate of whether who plays where and what and who and how That that's all what we're going to be doing in this podcast but to debate who's going to be actually in charge of the football club as a head coach is i'm just going to say right now 100% bonkers absolutely bonkers completely insane absolutely insane no way no way no now six months down the line or three months down the line if things haven't changed that can always change but as we sit right now that is completely clueless for me and crazy and you've got i i would generally say and i don't like to say this kind of because everyone's got their own opinion and everyone is completely entitled to it but i think if you're questioning the manager right now as in questioning them to change the manager i think you're getting way beyond your bootstraps which should be lcfc tinted i think you're getting way beyond your station and that's quite a harsh thing to say to another leicester fan but You've got to realise what the club is and where they are right now and also what we have in terms of playing, staff and what we've done over the last few years. And I know you can't look back all the time, but to question any sort of management change right now because of what's happened at the start of a season where we are still in every single cup competition and we're still in with a chance of European football in the league, It's that that's just... Way too soon for me. Absolutely, way too soon, and should not even be really
1: discussed. So I don't. Do you? Do you feel that way? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't bringing it up to ask if you thought it was a reasonable idea. I was just merely mentioning the fact uh, alongside the sort of managerial merry merry go round, which has already commenced in the Premier League and links in um one of Leicester's iconic managers of the recent past. I was just sort of saying that it is, it's not an idea that's crossed my mind at all in terms of thinking. I've never, after any, during or after any performance or result in the last few weeks, not for a second have I thought, get Brendan Rodgers out. I have, of course, like you say, questioned decisions that have been made, questioned uh, formations, questioned where and why there seems to be a bit of a lack of. Uh, motivation or urgency about some of the players. Of course, th- those are all questions, but right now there is nobody better to manage Leicester City than Brendan Rodgers. He will get uh, a lo- a longer grace period than many other managers, one would assume, because of the recent success. And, deservedly so. Yeah, of course so, yeah. and And the thing is, to maintain... Fifth place in the Premier League for a third season running, regardless of of us sort of predicting at the start of the season or or saying that those were our our hopes and aspirations again for the season. Um, It's an extremely difficult job because the Premier League is the best and most competitive league in the world. Now, am I saying that I'd be happy for us to finish in the uh, in the bottom half of the table? No, not really. And do I think we should be or will be finishing there? No. But as things stand, we are early doors. And really, if Leicester finished 7th or 8th this season, you'd be a little bit disappointed. But you'd still say, well, 7th best team in the most competitive league in the in the world.
0: We've got a really good tweet from Sam. He mentioned, uh, I'll read it for word for word, Shambles at the back and limping midfield today. Evans being injured doesn't cut it as an excuse. Thursday to Sunday turnaround doesn't cut it as an excuse. Madison being out of form doesn't cut it as an excuse. But maybe they all add up. Sam, when you sent that through, I read that and I was like, that's, uh, for me, bang on. Absolutely bang on. Because it covers all of the absolute nailed on perceptions from fans of other clubs to say, you're missing these players, you're going to be harmed by the lack of these players. But then as a Leicester fan, you look at the players then coming through to replace them and you go, no, we've got cover here, we've got cover there. But then also in players that we haven't got cover for, the likes of Evans, etc., which we'll come on to in a second and the way that they play with other players. But then the likes of, say, Madison, you know, again, it's not an excuse because you could then turn around and say Dewsbury Hall or Perez, etc., or change the formation... But then the last line, but maybe they all add up, which I think is generally the case. I, I I've, I've flitted between a, a few different theories over the last few days because it, it's quite easy to come down and say, right, the, the reason we're not playing well is because we haven't been playing Kelechi and Nacho up front. The reason we didn't beat Legia Warsaw is because Kelechi had some kind of paper issue with his visa or whatever, or his passport. And he would have scored a couple of goals, we would have won that game and then we would have gone to Palace and, and, and gone and won. Or you can then just simply look at the back line and go, it's just not performing, which is absolutely obvious to every single person. But I I, I like Sam's point of view because he's he's essentially put down exactly what the main problems are and then gone, but they all add up to a bigger problem. And... That's the issue that Brendan's now got over the next two weeks to try and solve. It's the problem of, do you try and fill the gaps in of the players who are missing to try and put the best 11 onto the field of play? Or do you try and move the team around to try and shift what's been a very lethargic season so far, uh, regardless of who's missing? Completely regardless. So you pick from the players you've got the best Team that you can put out onto the field of play in a formation that maybe is different or in a style that maybe is different to what is a the first team Leicester point of view of the last two seasons, which have been very successful. Secondly, and probably most importantly, his ideal tactics, which I think is what is mostly going to change, his ideal team and his ideal setup will have to change, and also. To pick players who are actually A, in form, or B, have actually something to prove against opposition players, or should I say players on the same side, but opposition players in their same position, who have got the upper hand because of what's happened over the last two years, or because of seniority, who have underperformed, who have now got rid of that goodwill because of the start of the season. That's where I'm coming from with what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks.
1: It's a big dilemma for him, and it is, as we've said, the probably the rockiest patch during his tenure at Leicester so far. And I think the thing that is a little bit concerning is is that we were talking um, in the summer about what a great transfer window Leicester had had, and the strength in depth that they now possessed, uh, and that would uh, provide Leicester with the ability to deal with injuries to key players. It would provide Leicester with the the squad size to cope with going deep into European competition and playing twice a week every week for most of the season. But it doesn't seem to have shown itself like that at this stage. Uh, and it's, it's a question of, can you persist with certain players because they were deemed to be the most suitable replacement? I'm I'm thinking somebody like Vestergaard for example spending 15 million pounds on him was very clearly a let's get him in instead of Fafana because Fafana was injured obviously because we didn't need to make that transfer until until Fofana suffered that horrendous injury Vestergaard for me has been very uh exposed so far in a Le- in a Leicester shirt and would probably benefit from a change in system more than most. The, the difficulty with the system, isn't it? It's something that comes up quite often on the podcast and in and in many conversations about less you know, social media or whatever, is how do you get everybody into a system that is also going to offer us a bit more solidity at the back? Because let's be perfectly honest, you can't go through the entire season shipping a couple of goals a game and expecting to get positive results, you just cannot. And at the moment, nobody at the back is covering themselves in any glory whatsoever. Soyuncu was in a rough patch, you know, for the for the last few months. Really, Johnny Evans, it looks like he's going to be in and out for the foreseeable future. And then Amati is definitely there to plug the odd gap on in the odd game and no more, in my opinion. And then you've got Vestergaard, who's supposed to be an international defender, who's supposed to be an experienced Premier League defender. But what you've also got there is Vestergaard and Bertrand, both signed from Southampton, a Southampton team that has struggled, you've got to say, really, to to make any kind of mark in the Premier League in the last few years. Are, Are they upgrades, Vestergaard and Bertrand? I'm not calling Bertrand out. I think he's been reasonably okay. Um, but they, at the time, they were needed and and they felt like good signings. But have they actually made us worse? I guess is the question I'm asking. Because let's say, if if we'd assigned somebody like I don't know somebody that was actually on our on our on our wanted list as, as Tarkovsky, yeah, yeah, somebody like Tarkovsky who. Not only has he been playing week in week out in the Premier League for a a long period of time, but he also possesses some some leadership qualities and he's got enough about him to drag other players through games. That's how Burnley have stayed in the Premier League for years and years and years. But leading by example, Vestergaard is a slow and weak man. And that is putting the frighteners on the rest of the defence. Yes, the players in front of him, you could argue, the midfield are struggling to close down quick enough. There's a bit of lethargy in there, whatever. But Vestergaard, to me, I don't want to single him out because I don't think anybody in the Leicester team has covered themselves in an awful lot of glory recently, save Jamie Vardy and his goals that have basically stopped it looking loads worse than it could be. But Vestergaard's causing us a lot of problems here. I don't have a solution because I don't think Benkovic is the solution. I've seen that name being thrown around on social media this week. Goodness me, he's clearly not ready if he's that far down in, in the Leicester pecking order. Uh, I say not ready. Is he ever going to be ready now now he's in his mid-twenties? No. I think as a possible solution would be to go three at the back and play Vestergaard as the central of the three because he looks absolutely terrified any time anybody puts a ball into a channel but then how do you work the rest of it in front of him? I, w- I would say 3-4-3, three, three, but the person that misses out in that system is Kelechi Ianacho. I don't know whether you can fit Barnes and Ianacho into a system that also makes the defence look half-decent.
0: I Exactly. I, I, I completely agree with you with three at the back. I agree with you about Vestergaard. He's been very disappointed for me. We know... He's got the presence in the air because of his height. We know he's a good footballer. But the one word that you used, which was very accurate, was weak. He's extremely weak. And I know he got muscled off the ball for the goal against Napoli, but that was against a a real potent striker who had the bit between his teeth and is a real top-class forward. But since then, he's been really disappointing, very disappointing, because... He would have been the guy who you thought that Soyuncu would have been sensible. With he's the the experienced head, the the slow centre half who's good in the air, good on the ball. He's the ideal signing to sign alongside Soyuncu whilst Evans is injured. He's he seemed to tick every single box. He was the ideal player, but it's just worked out terribly. He's got the turning circle of a space station, and he also is. Using his arms, he should have the leverage to shield the ball and and shield players away from. Him. He can't do that. He's he's extremely weak, but also he's extremely short of confidence. Now, whether that's bled into Ryan Ber- uh, Bertrand, which I presume it has, because he in the last few games has looked completely shot at fullback, and I'm amazed that he played against Crystal Palace. Completely amazed that um, that they didn't bring in. Um, anyone else essentially in that position Uh, it it could have been anyone but uh, it it just it, it seems to me that that back line is so void of confidence that you can't just send them out there to say get the confidence by playing well and trying to keep a clean sheet that's beyond doubt now the way that they surrendered the two goals against Crystal Palace which they could put you under the pump by bringing Bentegodi on and pumping it long or, or whatever. But to to surrender the chances that they did by just heading the ball back in towards the penalty area, just crazy. And the way that they came back into their own penalty area was was so again void of a, any kind of um, confidence in being able to even to head the ball clear when you've got you know Soyuncu is okay. He's not exactly he's not six foot ten, but like. When you got Vestergaard there, you can say, that, you know we'll put a high line in. I can always trap back a few yards and head the ball out. But that was really, really worrying. So I agree with you. You've got to turn around and go, right. Well, we'll play Vestergaard in the middle of a back three. Now, who's alongside him? You'll put Soyuncu one side. The other side is, could be anyone. Yeah, you know, If you want to put Armati in there, fine. But you could put someone like um, Castagna in there, and then maybe um change the fullbacks round. That's probably the way I, w- I would look at it by having Ricardo Pereira um one side, Thomas the other side. That that could roughly how it could work. But you 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 mentioned there the the big issue, which I know the defence is playing poorly and we're missing Fafana, we're missing Johnny Evans. So there's your two arguably first choice centre halves. But it's how you get Kelechi and Acho in the side. He wasn't playing against Legia Warsaw. He scored the goal against Crystal Palace. Lovely finish. Stole the ball off the defender. Had v- immense confidence in shuffling the ball onto his left and then just side foot. I mean, that was really casual, wasn't it? Beautiful finish. There's there's no way you can start a game without Kelechi and Acho on the field of play. I am 100% convinced that Brendan Rogers does not want to play him because he doesn't fit his... Ideal formation, whether his ideal formation is four with the sitting two and then three behind Jamie Vardy that we've seen for so long at Leicester, or with what I think he now wants to play at Leicester, which is 4 3 3. The back four, three in midfield, being Wilfred Ndidi, Yuri Tillemans, and Bukhari Samari as the, the kind of enforcer, that extra physical box to box player that we've missed in there in midfield, and then the three forwards being Barnes on the left, whoever on the right, probably Lookman, and then Jamie Vardy. As a side, it looks really good on paper. But the problem is it hasn't clicked on the field of play, and we've tried it a couple of times. You've got to play Kalecci and Acho. This is a goal scorer. And if that means throwing out every ideal formation, every plan that you've had, uh, plan A and plan B, so four, two, three, one or four, three, three. Those formations go out the window because you've got a defence who, at the moment, is not performing. So you need to change that round. You don't have the personnel to just swap in and swap out in a four four two for me or a back four, unless you're going to bring Armati Marty in. So you got to go three at the back, and I would bring Castagna into that back four just to give that sense of just someone else with a bit of, a bit of pace, a bit of. Um, a bit of football now alongside the big guy in the middle who can just win headers and play the ball. And Soyuncu can just look after his side. Do that with a back three. It means you can play the two up top. You can get your Colegio and Acho in there. And also, obviously, Jamie Vardy. And then the rest of the side, I'm sorry, but Harvey Barnes, he's had a poor season. He's had a poor season. He would be in everyone's first choice Leicester side. But he's had a poor year. Um, it would mean you get someone like... It means also your, your full-backs will become wing-backs, which is where we excel. you got your Ricardo Pereira, hopefully he can start. If he's fit enough and starts, job done. He's on the right. On the left, someone like Bertrand, who has maybe had a real downturn in form over the last few weeks, but beforehand looked so comfortable. So to go from being very comfortable in games to being essentially shot to bits... That has to be because of what's happening in the back four. So if you're playing them out wide in a wing-back formation in a, with a back three, that might just take the pressure off and say, look, you go forward, you can tr- control that left-hand side. That surely should take the pressure off him. And then the midfield will pick itself because you've got two or three, well, you've got three in midfield, and, and, and they would pick themselves with whoever's fit, obviously your Tinemans and... Samare or maybe bring chowdhury in etc so i i think this an, it's an absolute no-brainer to go to three at the back just to give it a go and see what happens i think you just try trial and error with this back line at the moment it's just not going to work and it's now rubbed off onto to established players like say bertrand etc so I know a lot of people will turn around and say, oh, yeah, you just changing the formation and expecting things to change. Well, not at all. I'm not expecting them to turn into world-beaters straight away. But I just think playing after the last few games now, playing that same back four with the two centre-halves, Bertrand and etc. as well, it's not going to change. I think if you're going to be playing them game after game after game for the foreseeable future, you're, you're just asking... To concede goals. So you need to change things. And also, if you change things and it means you get Kalechi in the side, there you go. You've got to play those two forwards. I know it's not what he wants to do. Everyone knows that. But tough because he's scoring goals. And if it means we go a little bit offensive and we're going to score more goals than you, put your hands up in the air and say, look, we're after seventh or sixth place in the league at the moment. We're after Europa League. We're not challenging top four. And if it means a
1: few 3-2s and 4-3s, so be it. Well, let's be honest. We're shipping two goals a game anyway, so we might as well stick a, an extra body up front and try and score more than the opponents do. I, I agree with you on Castagne. I think Castagna was, for me, one of the only real positives to come out of the Palace game. I thought he did exceptionally well with Wilfred Zaha. one v one looked strong, looked quick, looked determined, uh, and he did his job as a defender very, very well. So, yes, he doesn't look like your typical centre-back, but can he slot into that back three he has done on occasion previously? I think he could, and what he does do there as well is offer Vestergaard a bit of cover if the ball does go in behind or it does go into the channel. He can he can provide that level of cover. You got Ricardo then hopefully down the right hand side in that system, and I think probably the biggest sticking point of the playing the two up front. Obviously, it's it's not really recognised Brendan Rodgers' style to play two strikers. It's not the recognised style of many managers these days. To be perfectly honest, there's only about Sean Dyche putting two up front at the minute. Um, long may the four four two live. Uh, but Barnes is the problem, I think, in many ways. It, it's Barnes or Acho, really. Uh, Madison provides a little bit of a problem at times, but in terms of who fits where and, and who what system it is, but Barnes is the problem, and is Harvey Barnes undroppable? No, as much as we'd like to see him starting every single game, every single week, he's not in the form at the moment that makes him undroppable. I don't think he's been awful. At the start of the season. But I don't think he's been anywhere near as good as he could be. As soon as Madison drops a bit of a level. Well, more than a bit, let's be honest, at this stage. But as soon as Madison's level drops, Leicester fans are calling for him to be out. Barnes, I think, because he's homegrown, because he's come through the academy. Uh, and because he, even if he's having a bad game, he still seems willing to take on the, the opponent. And he's, he's the quintessential get bums off seats winger. So I can understand why people would want him to start week in, week out. But if it is a case of sacrificing him from the start at least, and this is what Rodgers has said about Acho, he said he's got to sort of deal with the fact that he can make an impact off the bench. We want to start this game in this kind of setup and it doesn't fit him, but he's got to be ready to come on and have a positive impact on the game. Well, surely... Roles reversed, you can say that to Harvey Barnes and say, Look, this system that we're going to play for the start of this game doesn't need a winger. We're playing wing backs, we're playing uh, three central midfielders, if you want to bring Madison back in, whatever. Uh, and then we're playing two up top because Vardy and Ian Acho works. Vardy plus Ian Acho equals goals. So Barnes on the bench. And then if you're chasing the game a little bit, and you need to bring on that extra man with some extra flair, on comes Barnes. If you need to change the system slightly and put Barnes in um, to to rejig things and maybe go, I don't know, four, uh, four at the back, or even if you want to go flat back five and play five, four, one, if you're sitting on a lead and you're desperate because we're desperate for a win at the minute, fine, he comes on. But he's got to do a bit of a role reversal, Rogers, really, and... and probably, for the good of the team, drop Barnes for and Acho.
0: Yeah, exactly. You, you you look at the side that played against Legia Warsaw, which was always going to be slightly reduced in what you would imagine would be the first team. But you've got Barnes on the bench, you've got Birch on the bench, you've got Luckman on the bench, you've got Madison on the bench, you've got Pereira on the bench, and you've got Vardy on the bench. So that's quite a lot of impact from the bench. Against a weak, well, a a perceived weak Legia Warsaw side, I've got no doubt that we can turn them over at home. I've got no problem with playing those players who played in front of them at all, especially because of the 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 lack of uh, of performance so far from those other players. I'm amazed all Brighton wasn't in the side or or didn't even come on, and it's it's kind of got to that stage now in 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 the squad and in the side and the way they're playing where th- those people who turn around and go oh, yeah all Brighton should be in the side all the time because you know he gives his 100% etc well i'm i'm on board with them uh it, it's if you're going to be playing those three players behind a center forward all Brighton needs to be on the right if you're going to be playing a defensive midfielder is samari the guy to put straight in alongside Yuri Tillemans, especially against Manchester United in the Premier League, maybe not. Maybe Hamza Chowdhury is that guy. Maybe these guys who possibly were looking elsewhere. I know we know All Brighton was given obviously a contract, etc. But those who were maybe slightly out of the first team picture, who have now been pushed forward because of the, the lack of performance by those who are perceived to be head of them in the, in the squad, well, it's it's time to give them not even a chance, because we know that they're good players, but to say, look, you know, here's the shirt, here's your chance to, to nail down your position in the side and if that means that Harvey Barnes and James Madison are given extended sideline time, well, tough. Absolutely tough. It's awkward because you know how Leicester like to play. You know the formation that he likes to play, etc, etc. And all the success we've had. But you cannot, and we kept on saying this at the end of last season, constantly, constantly, constantly. You cannot not play Kelechi and Acho. He is the number one player in the side. He is the number one person on the team sheet because he's in such good form. Now, if that rattles your whole entire squad and team you can't have one player in one position completely change the entire way that you play football that's not possible that's such a weak setup if one person changes that now i know that means tweaks everywhere but it can't be the case now you've got the premier league top scorer up top who is on fire jamie varley banging in goals really really sharp he plays You've got Kelechi and Nacho, who has played only a hatful full of games. Well, let's just say, what, three games or so. He's played really well against Napoli. He's played extremely well against Palace. Well, he scored the goal against Palace, the one real chance he has, he puts away. And then uh, he scores against, what, Millwall in the Cup, the one game in September that we did win. It was, they. he needs to play. So you've got two centre-forwards who need to play. You build that team around those two. You've got a back line that's not functioning at the moment. You build that team around the front two. Now, if Madison doesn't play, I don't care. If Barnes doesn't play, I don't care. If Alan Burschel doesn't play, Gary Lineker doesn't play, I don't care. It's all about those two players. They are the informed two players in your side. Now, if that means you've got to play Mark Albrighton on the right wing instead of uh, Luckman because of a perceived weakness on that side or whatever, okay, do it. Now, I'd love Luckman to be playing there because I think he's been exceptional since he's been here. This is a brand new signing who's been, at times, excellent. And I think really needs to play. Who plays behind him, whether you can put Pereira in behind him, you'd love to see it, wouldn't you? And if that means playing uh, Hamza Chowdhury and he moves slightly to the right to kind of cover that area that they them two are obviously pushing into, it's a little bit of cover, do it. Absolutely do it. Why not have an attacking side of the field? Why not have a fullback like Ricardo Pereira and you have a forward like Adama Luckman going forward on the right with two centre forwards and say, look, that's our that's our best side. If you want to try and defend that side, you try it because there are two best winger slash fullback. They're our best players, and we've got two centre forwards up top waiting for you. On the left if you want to shut up shop and you want to put Castagna, or you want to put Bertrand, whoever, then do it. But I, I don't see why at the moment, I, I don't think that we're trying to play to our strengths. That's that's the key thing. Our strengths are the two centre forwards. Do it. You've got to do it. You can't not play them. And I'm sorry, Brendan, but if that means throwing your your plan A and plan B out the window, which it obviously is, then that's just the way it is. Because both of those two centre forwards needs to play, and I'd love them to have Pereira in the side and Lookman on the right, and see what happens. If you can, you play that with a 3-5-2 three, um, three, You can do, but that's the way it is. That that's what I would do. And I know everyone will have their own opinion. And oh yeah, this formation and that team. But I think at the moment, you look at the Leicester squad and the way they're playing, the way they're set up, and they're so void of confidence. You look at who are the best players right now, who are the number one players in form, put them down on the team sheets, and then away from that, where is our best attacking input, where is our strength, and you play to that strength, and then the rest of the side is built around that, and you say, we are a top five club for the last two years, FA Cup holders, we're going to go and try and win this game, I know we're not playing very well, but we're going to try and win this game and be a bit positive,
1: be a bit positive to try and get out of what's been overall a negative season so far I understand that there's a a style of play that the manager wants to play he has overseen a successful transition into that style of play over the last few years and I kind of admire to an extent anybody that believes in their system and their approach so much that they completely stick to their guns but What I think he's also got to do is show a little bit of adaptability and say, right, okay, I can keep all of the hallmarks of my style of play. I can make sure that everything that we've worked on in the last couple of years doesn't go to waste. But essentially, you've got to do exactly what you've said there, Pete. You've got to pick the form players and make it work around them. Because if I'm looking... As a Leicester player, let's say your theory about Bertrand losing his confidence in the last few weeks because of what's going on around him is true. Then how do you ever get out of that situation unless you've got your most informed players on the pitch? And if I'm a midfielder, say, uh, I've never been a midfielder, quite clearly, but if I was a midfielder and I'm seeing things written about me or looking at stats after games and seeing that the pass completion percentage was one of the lowest that we've seen in recent years for Leicester, uh, like it was against Palace, then obviously there's going to be a little bit of self-doubt there. But if I'm on the ball in midfield and I'm knowing that Kelechi Atto and Jamie Vardy are ahead of me, all of a sudden I'm thinking, well, if I get the ball anywhere near one of them two, something could happen. If you've only got one of them up there, which, let's be honest, it's going to be Vardy in a league game at least, then you've only got that one option, and usually there's two centre-backs dealing with that. So it's difficult to get the ball to him. It's been a perennial problem for Leicester for for quite a while, uh, particularly in, in dodgy patches of form that Jamie Vardy doesn't touch the ball during those times. You play two up front, One can be coming short, the other can be going in behind. They can be linking up together, as they do very, very well. And you've got goals coming from more places. And like you said, Pete, I don't mind if we win a load of games, 3-2. Not bothered with shipping goals anyway. I'd rather us stick some more in at the other end. So I think they would bring, having those two in the team, would bring confidence to the rest of the players, knowing that things will happen in the final third. So then you've just got to concentrate on your job rather than thinking, oh, what's going to happen up front today if there's only one of them? Or Madison's not in great form. I don't fancy giving the ball to him that often. I'm going to second guess myself. And by the time I do, I'm going to be robbed because the Premier League's too fast. You know, if you're a defender on the ball and you're thinking, oh, I should be playing this out through midfield. But if you've got two strikers, you could stick one in the channel if you're under pressure and not worry about it. Get yourself up the pitch because you know between the two of them, Vardy and, I, and, I and Acho, they're not going to give the defenders a, a minute's peace. And they didn't against Palace and that's how a goal came about. So I think it allows everything behind them to to just feel a little bit more relaxed with knowing that you've got not one, but two talisman, target men, two spearheads of the team to utilise.
0: It's very easy for supporters like yourself and me, to turn around and say, shove two up top and, and really go for it. That's what most supporters would want. And then when you have to leave out a player saying like Harvey Barnes because it doesn't suit that formation, because we're saying change to a back three, which there's no room for Barnes unless you're going to play him in that position behind the front two, which could be could be a, a really good suggestion. There's plenty of players who could play that way, but that means that you're not playing Lookman from the start, who's been one of the most creative players in the side this year. So the two wingers, as you would have on the left and right, say, aren't playing in that formation. So it's very difficult to, say, change from the back four. It's it's really awkward. There's a very good squad there. As we know, there's a really good squad. It's just, at the moment, not firing at all. And it's, it's disappointing, more than, for me, than most... Uh, most kind of words really because we, we know how good they are and it's not oh yeah change this guy change this guy get rid of him sell him sell him sell him he's rubbish that's not the case because we know that they're good players at the moment it's just not flowing Um, plenty of players are out of form we've mentioned the back line the midfield Yuri Tillemans has not hit his straps at all this season I think it's been really quite disappointing uh, we know now Wilfred indeed is out for a well, a prolonged period of time. If you're out with a hamstring for say four to five weeks, I always add about three weeks onto that because that might be until you could possibly be back on the field of play, but you might need a few extra weeks to to get over that uh, that problem. So he could be out for for a fair while. And then you look at the wingers. You, you well, you look at Harvey Barnes, not impacting in the Premier League that a guy with his skill set and with his talent should be. Uh, Madison we know is just way off the boil at the moment but could spark into life so you can't just completely leave him out at all You know he needs to be coming off the bench etc but then you're not playing someone like Albrighton ex- it, it, it's um, it's a real difficult puzzle that he has to, to try and sort out but I, I just think you can't not play those front two and the next game in, in the Premier League or the next game Leicester will be playing will be against Manchester United at home so... That brings a whole new difficult set of circumstances because it's not Burnley or it's not Legia Warsaw or Crystal Palace. It's it's Manchester United that are going to be fully wound up with Ronaldo up top, etc. And um, it's going to be an incredibly difficult game. But then again, we need to be on the front foot because we're at home and also because that's the way that at the moment the side aren't playing and playing in the traditional rogers way which has been ultimately successful just hasn't worked at the moment so you know changes needs to happen but we're still in the cup the league cup and we've got a game against brighton on the horizon at home so an eminently winnable game we've obviously still in the fa cup and we're still well within realms of qualification for europe in the league so nothing is lost and also in the europa league if you look at the obviously result that happened in Napoli in Naples when Napoli lost at home against uh, Moscow that's an incredible result really for Leicester so there is every chance we need to go really to Moscow and win and win the home ties against Moscow and Legia Warsaw which we're perfectly capable of to have a chance of going through so it's not all lost in the Europa League so yes it's they're not playing well but overall there are still many plus points to this season still and Not all hope is lost because we know Leicester, when they're on their day, are better than most clubs in the Premier League and
1: also in uh, most cup competitions, especially in Europe. We'll never lose hope anyway, will we? Even if hope does look like it's lost, we'll still be here. We'll still be uh, hoping and dreaming for better days. I think it's just frustrating, really. You know, if we had the game against Brighton where the VAR decisions annoyed us, but since then... None of the performances really, at least for a period of time long enough, to be worthy of winning a game. They've not been good enough. And you don't mind if you're playing all right, but you get beaten beaten by the better team on the day, fine. But if you're playing poorly and the results are, are not there either, it's it's just difficult to, to enjoy, isn't it? But look at Manchester United. They are in a similar little rocky patch, really. They've not had... Uh, the greatest of performances or results over the last few weeks, despite the return of uh, Ronaldo. So they're not the sort of powerhouse fixture. It's not like playing against a Man City or a Liverpool or... uh, By the way, the Man City game was probably the last time we actually played all right. Um, It's it's a beatable Manchester United team, but who undoubtedly have quality players, match-winning players... But so do we. So it's it's probably a, and quite a good one really to to come back to because I don't know about you but but playing a team like Manchester United, regardless of their situation at the time, it always puts an extra little bit of an edge into the game. And uh, you would hope that that will be the same for the Leicester players as well. There is a, a period of time now where the international break offers a chance for. Uh, Few things to be rectified on the on the training pitch with those players that are, are still around. Uh, the sort of positive and negative side of of being such a good club these days is that uh, you generally lose quite a lot of your players to international duty. Um, but then you've got to look at the positive side of it. You've got international footballers in the team. But I, I think Brendan Rodgers will be he'll he'll be fr- as frustrated and and as sort of disappointed. As we are, because he seems to me to be a very meticulous man. He has enjoyed success in his role at Leicester City so far. So I'm certain that he'll be working hard with his staff and with the players to figure out how to put it right. And fingers crossed that starts against Manchester United uh, next Saturday. And then we've got Europa League in the week after that. Is it 3.30 did I see? It, it, it's ridiculous, but, um, it, but it's obviously an early game. it's time differences and that, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, you mentioned about the fixed list. You're just looking down the fixed list. you got Manchester United in the Premier League. You're away at spot at Moscow in midweek. And then the weekend you're away at Brentford, who have started extremely well. Then you play Brighton at home in the EFL Cup. Then you're at home against Arsenal, who have turned up. With a bit of form. Then you're at home against at Moscow in Europa League. Then you're away at Leeds in the Premier League. And then you're at home against Chelsea in the Premier League. That's uh, a fair run of games. Now after that it looks um, considerably easier. Well in theory for a few games. But uh, that's a fair run of games. So all this talk about you know changing this and changing that. They need to book their ideas up, really. That's where it boils down to, I suppose, got a lot of it. Um, the senior players, they need to, in this two weeks, have probably the right act kind of read to them and say, look, you know, this is the, the state we're in at the moment. We've got some really tough games coming up, but a few decent results here and there. We can walk up the league and we can also progress further in the cup competitions, which ultimately... At the start of the season, what we were saying on the podcast, weren't we? Were our main aims because of the the, the so called increase in quality in the Premier League, which really has worked out, hasn't it? How Chelsea and Man City and and um, and say Liverpool are playing in the in the Premier League, and also Manchester United on occasion with Ronaldo, it's uh, it really has kind of stepped up a gear. So top four would have been a real push, but you know the, those cup competitions we're still in with a good chance of winning, but also um they, they they really need to to start playing well as much as we're trying to be positive and give kind of alternatives and look towards what could change and who, who could come in for so and so but ultimately unless as we said at the beginning of the podcast I think you said Rob, unless results do change then these questions will just get louder and louder and louder and then you turn around and and start to ask bigger questions about The future of certain players and who knows who else at the club, but you know whether they've you know run their kind of like uh, they've run their time here at Leicester, Um, and and you think to yourself, well, you know they were absolutely fine whilst we're at Beaver Drive, and all of a sudden now we've gone to to Seagrave, and they've got a bit bit too big for the boots, maybe you know they're spending six hundred pounds on a on a stake in at, at Salt Bay's place down in London. I mean, what all that's about, I have no idea. I've not got a problem with it. Not got a problem. You spend your money left, right, and centre however you want. But um, yeah, I won't go there for loving the money. But uh, obviously, a few players did. But I ain't got a problem with that. I don't care. Uh, It's it's it is. It just gets to that stage, doesn't it, where you look at the future fixtures and you just start to question. You go, hang on. As much as we're trying to be positive, this could go slightly off the rails quickly. And again,
1: with that, lots of injuries in the background and players still to come back. Shall we talk about something that's not entirely football related but is still football related? Oh my god, go on him.
0: Right then, the fancy football, which we've not done for a while, uh, mainly because I've dropped down the league a couple of times. No, no, not because of that. Uh, just because of circumstance. And on to the top 10. So. Lord of the Ings, Fraser Hoskins is in tenth place and he's on four hundred and sixty-one points. Uh, up into eighth place, joint eighth place. Enter team name: Jeff Linton, to uh, four hundred and sixty-two points. And also FC Spaghettiification, Hamza uh, Yasdani from last year. I remember, you had a good team last year, didn't you? Uh, four hundred and sixty-two points. Also down into seventh place. Daka daka, hey hey. Jack Wrights, 466 points down into 6th place Old Havertz Kai Hard uh, for Graham Lodge 470 points up into 5th place uh, Karachi Breeze by uh, Havis uh, Muzamili at uh, 471 points and then we're into the top 4 with hanging on by a Fred Bruce Tolly, winner of the shirt a few years ago i may remember 472 points that took an age to get you didn't it, bruce anyway top three you got team dalek by aman uh, gulati 485 points in second place you've got behem boys uh, murahim prakash with 492 points and you got uh, team Addy by adam wise 496 points who is top of the league, so 496 points top and 10th place 461, now Rob, I was within touching distance of the top 10 uh, last time round but I had a poor week last time, I'm on 420 points so I'm only, uh, well 41 points off, I'm in 30th place, I had a poor week last week, uh doo do, do XI. Um yeah. Poor week last week. I got Ronaldo, Lukaku, and Kane all scored two points. I mean, would you chance
1: it? Uh Rob. Yeah, I'm in fiftieth on four hundred and six points. I had a couple of decent weeks before, but it was a it was a low scoring week anyway because those those key players didn't score um a huge amount of points at all. I got thirty seven, which was uh Five better than you, but I'm still 14 points behind you. I captained Lukaku, did absolutely nothing, especially when I saw that Chelsea had scored a couple of late goals and got 3-1. I thought, surely Lukaku scored or assisted there. No, of course he hadn't. So, uh, yeah, I think um, see what happens after the international break and maybe a bit of a rejig needed for my team because uh, I was flirting with some slightly higher rankings uh, in previous weeks. Um just what I was saying earlier about uh, being on the on the therapy beers in Manchester on Saturday with a fellow Leicester fan is Jack Wright. who was actually seventh in the league, and he was giving me some fantasy tips as well. So uh, he he made me promise to give him a shout out. I said we'll have him on as a as an FPL expert if he's top at Christmas. Oh, definitely. I like how you get the tips. I mean, well, it's clearly not working,
0: is it? Well, no, maybe not I mean maybe he's giving you tips, but you're just using them in the wrong way. I mean I'm down in I'm only down in thirtieth. I'm 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 hovering. I've got a I've got a feeling Kane's gonna come good at some point. He's got to score a goal at least. I mean I think he's scored so far, but that's the that's the problem. Salah keeps on scoring and I've not got him aside. He was the gamble, but uh, never mind. Never mind. We've got uh international period at the moment, Rob, so we've got no football this week. Good. A good time for Leicester. Yeah. A good time to get themselves together. And um and try and plug the holes at the back. The, everyone has an opinion. Everyone's got an idea of what they would do and who they would bring in. I mean, ultimately again, you you have to mention those those problems at the back with with Evans not playing and with Fafana. We know Fafana put that to one side. But Evans is the main problem, you know. He's he's there or thereabouts, he's fully fit, but it's just the, the problem with his with that tendon in his foot, isn't it? If, if he was playing, I'm pretty sure that that would just spread throughout the side. But then again, you can't rely on just one player. So I think that's why we've both come down on this kind of three at the back system just for now, but also that allows Kelechi and Nacho into your side. But um, we won't give any predictions because I think we'll do a, we'll do a podcast next week, Rob, just in time for the, for the United game, you know, a bit of a preview pod, slightly shorter than this one. But um Kind of final thoughts really. I suppose what we'll do because next time what we'll have, we'll have a lot of questions from from listeners because we've we've spouted a lot of what we kind of think and what we would do. What we want from you this week, listeners, is what would you do with this Leicester side? So you're in charge. You've been brought in for this two-week period. You've gone to see a grave and Brendan's gone to your right. What would you do with this side? What formation would you play? Who would you bring in or what maybe just one change would you do? I'm going to change him for him. Job done. Or I would do this. You don't have to name your 11. You don't have to do that. But just what's the one thing you would do to this side or this club at the moment just to try and turn this around with a view to the game against Manchester United? That's what we want to know. So on the next podcast, we'll be reading out plenty of those. And also then... We'll do a bit of a preview for that United game on the Saturday. So to get in contact, nice and easy, social media, at FFSPod if you're on Twitter. So at FFS Pod for Fox8Podcast on Twitter. If you're going to email in for Fox8Podcast at gmail.com, nice and easy, gets through both for straight away. And also, if you go to Facebook and you type in for Fox8Podcast, you'll be able to find us on there. And uh, give us a follow, etc., and it means that you just keep up to date with all the latest podcasts, etc. And you can find us on all your usual podcast stations. You know, your Apple Podcasts, your Spotify, and all that gubbins. And you can find us on there. So I think that's a pretty rounded question, Rob. But uh, it, again, I think everyone has an opinion. So if it's just maybe one thing, so if there's, you know, I would not play x i will play so and so in his place that's the one thing i want you know you don't have to discuss the rest of the side if you don't want if that's just the one thing you would change or i want to play so and so from the start or give whoever a chance say it if that's just that one thing you want that's fine you don't have to go through a whole 1 to 11 or a big diatribe of why just get in contact if you've never got in contact before you can also uh, obviously dm us on say facebook if you've followed us on Facebook, it could be a nice way of doing that. Or on email as well. Just a straightforward one thing if you want. If you want to go into detail, you can do. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good chance if you've never got in contact to get in contact and say, do you know what? This is the one thing I'd change at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a, a decent questionnaire, eh, Rob? Yeah, looking forward to hearing what people think. Yeah, excellent. Well, that's it for the podcast. That's it for, well, the... <laughs> the the podcast which to be honest we never really wanted to make did we because it, it it's it's not a downer it's just that they're not playing very well at the moment hopefully things will just slightly turn around for the better but don't give up on this side you know we've got a very very good football club at hands and it's just going through a rocky period the first rocky period in Brendan Rodgers's tenure and we're still in with plenty of chances And I'm pretty sure everything will turn around for the best. But what would you do? Get in contact. We'll be back next week with your suggestions. And also look forward to the Manchester United game. Hey, Rob. (laughs)